What's going on, everybody? Thanks for checking out this episode of The Show, The Podcast. Be sure to leave a five-star review, and I'll shout you out in the next episode. But right now, it's time to take the field. Yo, what's going on, everybody? My name is Kenny. Welcome to episode one, the very first episode of The Show, The Podcast. So excited to be here. Thrilled to finally get this project off the ground. I've wanted to have a podcast for so long and never really could figure out what I wanted my topic to be. And I just, it hit me one day that this is it. You know, MLB The Show is one of my favorite games of all time. It's it's one of the only games I can consistently get frustrated playing and yet still come back every single day. And I'm sure a lot of you guys listening can relate to that. Um, so again, like I said, this is episode one. I mean, we're going to be pretty off the cuff and just kind of playing with this as we go. You know, I'd love to hear feedback from, from anyone who listens about what you would like me to include or not include or switch up. You know, this is, this is new for me. This is a new project. So whatever you guys are feeling, let me know. Uh, so I guess the, the best place to start is to introduce myself. Like I said, my name is Kenny, uh, 27 years old, played baseball my entire life, uh, played club baseball in college, center fielder, more of a drag bunt slap guy, which uh, in MLB The Show means you're a troll, but we, we won't talk about that today, guys. Um, and baseball's my life. I'm a Yankee fan, but I love baseball, period. Uh, it doesn't matter who's playing. I can put a game on and I can watch. I'm a fan of, you know, pimp your home runs, guys. You hit a, you hit a dinger. Watch it fly. Drop that bat and watch it fly. Um, I want baseball to be fun. For me, it always is fun. I can watch a, a five-hour Yankees-Red Sox marathon and not get bored for one second. I know not everyone shares that opinion, but, but that's just me. Um, and a little about what this podcast, I think, is going to be. So... You know, I have a background in sports media. Uh, I've written for newspapers. I've written for websites. So I enjoy interviewing. I enjoy storytelling. So I think what I want to do is is try to get some of the MLB content creators on here. And, you know, let's just talk. Um, eventually, once this thing gets going and we get some interviews in the can, I'll, I'll start up a YouTube page where we can maybe record some Zoom calls and put the interviews there. But... I want to get down to the nitty-gritty of why these guys and girls do what they do, why they love creating content for the community, how they're so, some of them are able to do it for a living, you know, how they're able to do that and balance everything. And I, I just find it so interesting. I consume their content on YouTube and Twitch and, and all those other platforms on a daily basis. I value their opinions, and I know the MLB The Show community is so so strong and so committed and for the most part, pretty accepting of everyone. So that's kind of the goal is just to talk to all of these people or as many as possible and provide some content to people who love this game as much as I do. Um, even though, Oh man, even though it makes me want to rage quit more than I'd like to admit, uh, I am exceptionally mediocre at this game. My, uh, my rank seasons rating lives in the six hundreds, uh, which might be better than some, but I know it's not better than most. Uh, never made World Series as much as I've tried. Um, 
But it doesn't matter, man. I just I love this game. Um, I love building a team. I love the grinding to to get the players you want, and then the rewarding feeling when you do finally get that card. Um, I never got to pull Mike Trout this year. I had to work my way up and and save some stubs to get him. Uh, I'm by no means a no money spent player. I I have spent a little bit of money on this game. I mean, I, I haven't spent hundreds upon hundreds of dollars, but every now and then where there's a stub sale, I might make a little investment to, uh, you know, help myself along in the game. But still, th- that feeling, man, of just unlocking these cards you've been grinding for is... It's it's something. You know, it, it's, it might just be a video game, but for a lot of people, it, it means something. So uh, that's where I'm at. That's my love for this game. Um, today is, uh, is Saturday, July 25th. I'm hoping to get this up soon. Like I said, this is the first episode, so we're going to be playing around and learning about all of this stuff on the fly. But yesterday, the sixth inning program dropped, and that's going to be the focus of most of this episode. And the sixth inning program, man, I'm sitting in front of my PlayStation right now, so I'm going to pull up the sixth inning program. And, and, and these three bosses, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they're good cards. They're 99s. They're all prestige diamonds when you get them there. But were they the positions and cards that were lacking right now? I mean, let's look first at Jimmy Rollins. Jimmy Rollins, a switch hitter. 100 contact versus lefties. High vision, which helps players like me who struggle with PCI placement. I basically live under the ball. Um, Even I have the control freak analogs and does not matter. I live under the baseball. So high vision really, really helps. I tend to do better with guys with high vision. But why am I going to take Jimmy Rollins when I was really, really lucky and I pulled an Ernie Banks? You know, Ernie Banks is... Ernie Banks is a dude. You look at his stats. He hasn't left my starting shortstop spot since I pulled him. He rakes, rakes against lefties. He rakes against righties. His vision... Pretty much the same as Jimmy Rollins. Is Jimmy's 107, Ernie's 101. His clutch is maxed out, 125. If you're in a late game spot, runners on base, two outs, you still have to put your PCI on the ball, but Ernie Banks is going to get you those hits. And his power is just, how can you, in a game where the meta is so all about power, why not use Banks? Not everyone's lucky enough to have Banks. Totally understand that. It's an expensive grind. I'm looking at him now, and his buy now is about 140. So you could save up and get there, but it's not cheap. So, you know, guys with God squads probably are not going to use Jimmy Rollins. If you're a casual player who reaches the 300-star threshold in the sixth inning program, Jimmy Rollins might be your guy. He might be your leadoff hitter, your endgame leadoff hitter. Switch hitter, speedy boy, can really run, very good defender. So it's not like he's a bad card, but... Is he the card? Spoiler, he was not my choice. I reached 300 stars uh, earlier today. Um, got the final 75 by uh, locking in the fifth inning bosses, all three of them. And I picked Stan Musial. How can you look at this card and not take it? Maxed out contact versus lefties. When you prestige him, he's one point away from maxed out power against lefties. Power against right will be over 100 when you prestige him. His vision is 118. His clutch, just like Ernie Banks, is a buck 25. Now, the downsides. The dude doesn't field. If you play him in the outfield, 
you are insane. I mean, good on you, but you are insane. He's a 72 fielder. When you prestige him, he's going to get up to that silver level defense, but he's got no arm. He cannot run, and he's a liability. Thankfully, his secondary, one of his secondaries, I should say, is first base. So you could stick him there and just live with it. I mean, I guess he's definitely a downgrade to uh, Cody Bellinger, who's got that diamond defense, that diamond shield. But at first base, I mean, I don't know how many opportunities there are per game for him to lose you a situation. So if you get him, you're putting Stan the Man at first base. I have, I've only played a handful of events games with him, so I really haven't got a chance to <laughs> to hate him yet. Um, but the dude rakes. I've hit moonshots with this guy. If you get your PCI anywhere close on a good timing swing, it's over the wall. And if you're like me and you play it, ship it constantly the ball just flies. Absolutely flies. But, like Jimmy Rollins, is he your endgame first baseman? You you look at the list of first basemen, and it's deep. Prestige Bellinger, who's my other option. Jim Tomei, who I'm getting used to, and the guy barrels everything he swings at. You guys might think I'm crazy. I love the Don Mattingly card. Love it. Again, you guys might think I'm crazy. My favorite card in this game is the awards Daniel Murphy. First base eligible, you're not going to play him at second base. Um, you know, Daniel Murphy and Don Manley aren't endgame cards. But when you prestige Bellinger and you prestige Jim Tomei, they could be your guys over there. Uh, and then the last sixth inning boss, I, you're a lunatic if you take Greg Maddox. I'm sorry. Dude's one of the best right-handed pitchers of all time. Braves legend. Hall of Famer. He throws absolute lollipops. And you know how the meta, like I said, is defined by powerful hitters. It is also defined by velocity. His velo is a 66. He is going to be so easy to square up. You know, his low diamond early on in the game when people had to use him because nobody else was available yet. His low diamond was duty. And, you know, this this diamond's like 11 points higher, and you can prestige him, and, you know, I understand. I get it. If you take him, it's because maybe you're not the best at locating pitches on analog. Maybe you like him because his circle change is super-duper slow, and his curveball... I don't even know. If you could time up his curveball, you're going to hit absolute moonshots. Um, so, I am not going to be looking into Greg Maddox on my Diamond Dynasty team at all. If I end up getting him from the community market, it's because I want to lock in the 75 extra stars for the seventh inning program. But truth be told, I usually don't collect all the bosses. I just rather grind out um, grind out my stars so I can save some stubs. I, I had to buy all three of the bosses this time around for the fifth inning because David Ortiz rakes. Uh, Larry Walker is out of this freaking world. And Mariano Rivera, I'm a Yankee fan. Uh, I get torched with Rivera, but I'm a Yankee fan. And I just prestiged him. So uh, Rivera will be on my squad for the time being. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I'm very curious to hear what you guys have to say about who you're taking or have taken from the sixth inning program. Uh, I have a Twitter account, at the show, the pod. Uh, some of you guys might already be following me. It's a new account, so we're still working on growing our fan base there. But when you guys listen to this episode and, and, and hear me kind of on my soapbox here talking about these sixth inning program players, 
please disagree. Tell me I'm wrong. Like I said, I am very mediocre at this game. Um, <laughs> I love it. It's just not, I'm, I'm not going to be winning tournaments. We'll put it that way. Um, but I, I feel like I know baseball and I know players and I know strategy. So I just don't know. I, I'm happy with Stan Musial. Hopefully the seventh inning guys are more impactful. You know, I'd love to see a stud third baseman. I'd love to see catchers. God, we need catchers, guys. <laughs> we really need catchers. Uh, I don't like Buster Posey. I've tried. I've given him hundreds of at-bats in, in ranked, and I can't do Buster Posey. Uh, I can't hit with Craig Biggio. I feel like people have gotten the memo that Craig Biggio is an absolute dude, and I haven't gotten it yet. It's not in my mailbox. Um, uh, I never tried the Pablo Sandoval. I know a lot of people seem to like him. I just haven't wanted to pony up the stubs to get him. So right now I've got my gold create a player uh, sitting back there with the medals and batting stance. Uh, just started using him a couple days ago, so we're going to have to work on him and, and see what he's like, man. Catcher is my only weak spot, I feel like. Um, we can run through my team real quickly. I have Springer in left, Mantle center, Walker in right, outfield set. So Stan Musial, even if I wanted to put him in the outfield, he probably wouldn't break through against any of those guys. My third baseman right now is George Brett, the uh, the 99. I like him. It's Pops okay. I just don't know if he's an end game. I mean, even if you prestige him, I'm not sure. Like I said, I have Banks at shortstop. Uh, right now, I'm playing risky baseball with Daniel Murphy at second base. The guy is an error machine, but he hits uh, a lot. Stan Musial at first. Like I said, my uh, my cap at catcher. Sheffield on the bench. He's terrible. I can't hit with him. Everyone rakes with him. I'm the worst. Uh, Ryan Sandberg on the bench. Ortiz on the bench. Prestige Bellinger and Jim Tomei on the bench. Um, my rotation, I, I actually feel like I'm a pretty damn good pitcher. Uh, if I just click on rank seasons here. So my lifetime ERA is 4.42, uh, which on online play, I'm happy with. I don't think it's that bad. My whip is only 1.03, so I limit base runners. Oh, we're not going to talk about my 242 batting average, though. Moving on. Um, <laughs> my pitching staff is Kluber. Everyone's got Kluber. Prestige Hershiser, Prestige Paxton. John Smoltz, who I'm not sure if I like yet. Uh, and Kerry Wood, who is friggin' impossible to control, but he throws so fast and has so much movement that dudes just swing. Uh, bullpen. Does every reliever just get torched this year, guys? Um, I can't pitch with any of these relievers. Uh, Jake McGee, Edwin Diaz, Blake Trine in the new one from the sixth inning program. Dennis Eckersley as my like long relief guy if I don't use my fifth starter in long relief. Then we got Billy Wagner, Raleigh Fingers, and Prestige Mo. Uh, and I kind of just play matchups when it gets late to uh, <laughs> to hopefully put myself in the best situation to get a win. So, when I d don't have guests on, like I said, this is the first episode, so no guests today. Um, it might be cool. <laughs> I understand that people traditionally do this on Twitch, or they record it and put it on YouTube. I'm not really great with all that stuff. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to hop into one events game. I don't know. And just talk to you guys. Um, I play at Yankee Stadium. I need to hit some ding-dongs. So we'll use that short right field porch. Um, I think I've got 16 wins in the event right now. Um, a lot of guys have been quitting. 
A lot of guys. Uh, you get them out quick in the first inning, they quit. You hit you hit one dinger, they quit. Uh, some guys start a game, drag bunt. If they get out, they quit. I just, I'll take the free wins. I'm trying to play here and, and prestige some guys and, you know, hopefully enjoy myself. But if you want to quit, I'll, I'll take that dub. Um, so I'm going to throw Prestige Paxton because I want to further his prestige path. You know, he's got unlockable stubs and packs, and I think it's a bat skin if you go all the way. Uh, so Felix Hernandez on the bump for the other dude. No prestige cards, but he's working on, looks like a bunch of them. All right, so we'll see what's going on here. Uh, my record uh, in ranked is it's like 25 games over 500. Like I said, guys, this is I do this for fun. I'm not great at it. Uh, the fact that I'm over 500, period, is is nice. This guy is 10 games over 500. All right, good. So hopefully this will be an even, even game. We're playing at Crossley Field, which means I am away. Why people insist on playing at these poo-poo stadiums, I don't, I don't know. Um, oh, first pitch is 7 million feet above the strike zone. So here we go. Um, what do you guys think about this uh, Felix Hernandez, by the way? You know, uh, I got him from whatever program he was in and immediately sold him because I thought he'd be garbage. And I see some people do use him fairly consistently, but I don't know. I tried him a couple times in, like, BR just to mess around, and he's not good. Uh, I, he, he's a diet version of Kluber who has a little more velocity. But I think part of Kluber's, uh, Kluber's deception... <sighs> struck out. Uh, part of Kluber's deception is that he does throw a little softer, but his break is absurd. That sinker's a hammer. Even now, he's been out since day one, and even now he's still still one of the best pitchers in this game. Um, this guy throws a lot of balls up, so I'm going to start sitting up there and probably still drop my PCI. Uh, oh, hit me in the toe. Thank you, sir. Mickey Mantle's on first. Um, oh, you know what I forgot to mention, too? These The, the sixth inning uh, mini-bosses I mean, I, I don't care about any of them except Corey Seager. Uh, that Corey Seager card is stupid. Stupid. Oh, and there's Stan Musial with a single. Mantle's going to get thrown out of third. Nope, he made it. Um, that Corey Seager card friggin' rakes. I used him in the showdown, and I mean, I don't think you face a left-handed pitcher in the sixth inning showdown, but against righties, the dude is an automatic base hit. Automatic. Uh, and he usually finds the gaps because of the way of his swing. It's so glitchy. So, you know, I would not be surprised if I see some guys bring him in off the bench in ranked as a pinch hitter. He's a 91, I think, so I don't know. You know, he's clearly not an endgame card. He's, he's probably not going to start on on too many of these teams, but he's going to be like the gold J.D. Martinez. Some of the best players, some of the best content creators still, well, maybe not now because the headliners, JD, come out. But before that, they were still using that gold JD Martinez off their bench as a bench bat. You're never going to start him and put him in the field. But, you know, when a lefty comes in, JD Martinez comes out. So the same could happen with that Corey Seager card. I took him. Uh, haven't locked him in yet. You know, I'm not going to use him personally on my bench yet. I don't think I need him. But I kept him so. I mean, who knows? I mean, this episode is going to come out after the giant collection guy has been announced, but as of recording, we don't know who that is. Um, so I'm trying to keep just as many cards as possible 
So when that collection happens, I can actually finish it. Oh, did Jim Tomei just go Big Boy Ding Dong? Big Boy Ding Dong, Jim Tomei? Oh, Uncle Jim to the warning track, 363 and right. <sighs> Hate to see that, guys. Hate to see that. Uh, so I got one here in the first inning. And I'll probably blow this lead. Whenever I see Shane Victorino step into the batter's box, I just assume bad things are going to happen. Because he sucks. The card is not good. But everyone rakes with him. Everyone. Not me, of course. Uh, but everyone I play against absolutely rakes with Shane Victorino. Um, so let's go. Uh, Jim, James Paxton was pretty booty the first time I played with him. Uh, I think the first two starts, uh, I just got absolutely shellacked with this guy. Like, the ball was on a tee. Um, maybe it's because I was learning how to use him. Maybe I ran into guys who hit really well or had a bunch of lefty killers, whatever it was. But since then, I mean, he's been pretty good. Uh, I think I just had to adjust to his pitches and how they move and how to catch people off guard. That That cutter of his is kind of like a diet slider. Uh, it's a pretty slower speed, and it has really good movement. So if, if you've got people gassed up with that fastball and sinker up in the zone, you drop that cutter in kind of down low or a little bit in on the hands, and, and they'll probably swing early. Uh, even if they don't swing through it, you might buy yourself a foul ball early in the count. Um, but I, I think the Paxton, after his first start, had like a 15 ERA. Like it was it was a train wreck. He might have gotten through four innings. Oh, Thank you for swinging at that, sir. Almost hit yourself in the kneecap. Um, you know, and I was I was only able to prestige him so quickly because of the event that's going on right now. Uh, you know, three-inning events on All-Star are great, and your energy for your pitchers resets every time you start over. Uh, so you could forfeit entries, or uh, if you're like me, you just lose twice, and then you start your event all over again. Um, events are kind of something I'm hoping to get a little more involved in. Uh, I didn't play as much of the moonshot event as I should have. I'm pretty stupid. Uh, I could have really used the, those prestige stats and especially on Mickey Mantle because I am not close to prestiging Mickey Mantle. Um, and then I, I didn't play much of the last event because on Hall of Fame difficulty, I'm not super used to Hall of Fame. I've played there enough, but not enough to compete in events. When some of these guys who are hopping on here are just goons, they're all cracked. Everything they hit is barreled up, and it is launched. Uh, so I'll stick to my all-star events until I start getting used to higher pitch speeds. Um, you know, events usually give you good rewards. Not not really this time around. Justin Upton and Andrelton Simmons are not cards that I am ever ever going to use um good for collections i guess if you want to save them for this upcoming jumbo collection that i think drops on tuesday <sighs> good to just keep i mean if you're if you're an angels fan there's two guys for you or justin upton might be the diamondbacks version actually i don't remember either way they're both angels currently um maybe they're for you i, I guess at this point if you're playing the events for any sort of rewards to come back your way it's for prestige and it's for the packs um my pack luck is usually halfway decent i mean the stub sales today i got absolutely boned on um <laughs> i think the pack was like fifteen thousand. it might have been a headliner a throwback headliner and i of course pulled the paul molitor that's worth like 8k so an absolute waste of stubs um 
I think they had a Ducks on the Pond yesterday. I pulled the base level, of course, because I'm the worst. Um, I don't know, though. It, usually in the regular packs, uh, I'm pretty good at getting some diamonds. Last year, I pulled Trout. This year, like I said, I did not. I had to work my way up to that. Um, Ballin packs, I'm pretty good. Team Affinities are loaded. Team Affinity packs, if you're just trying to pull diamonds, I mean, Team Affinity packs are the best for that. I actually got Springered twice in Affinity packs just this morning. Um, I don't know. Whenever you see that diamond animation and it's, it says American League center fielder, at this point, I'm kind of just prepared for the Springer, but the, the first couple of times I got it, I started jumping up and down before I even flipped the card over, or before the card even materialized, because I thought I pulled Trout. Um, and of course, you go from like a $250,000 card, or stub card, to a 5000 stub pile of garbage, who you're never going to play. Um, I do play the 99 Springer uh, when I'm playing ranked, like I said before, but... Even, you know, I'm still getting used to him. I picked him over Eric Thames, which uh, might have been the stupidest idea I've ever had because people just absolutely crap on the ball with Eric Thames. But uh, like I said, I mean, look at the first baseman in this game. I, I didn't really view that as a necessity. Um, and Jose Ramirez, I don't know. I'm kind of hit or miss with Jose Ramirez. Some years I'm filthy good with him, and other years I cannot hit anything. So he'll probably be the last of the prestige super diamonds, whatever they're called. Uh, he'll be the last of the three I take if I ever make my way to that level prestige. I think I'm at 31 prestige now, so a couple months, maybe maybe a month. I don't know. Ah, uh, man. Carlos Correa, another guy. <laughs> I can't hit with him at all. Carlos Correa just took me deep, big boy deep. Uh, so this guy's got a 2-1 lead now in the bottom of the second. And Paxton's still in. It was a cutter just right down the middle that I had zero control over. Um, cutter is kind of one of the pitches that actually is locatable this year. I know I cannot be the only one who has a problem with cutters, sliders, and change-ups. You can have perfect input. Perfect input on your analog. And that thing is floating into the middle of the plate like batting practice. I don't understand. I think... The creators have done such a good job this year at fixing flaws. The first month of this season, you could not play the outfield. You couldn't. You know, and it took them a little time, but they fixed it. Uh, hitting. You could argue hitting is still a problem if you're not good at this game like myself, but hitting, you know, had its issues. We were getting perfect, perfect outs. We were getting good, okay home runs. Things were not making sense. Then they added that new, like, swing analyzer, and I really, really enjoy that. I think it's made me a better hitter, um, relative to where I was, of course. So, you know, the devs are doing great. Not to mention, guys, the content this year has been absurd. The content has been out of this world. But, for guys who are playing online, who are basically... You know, you have to play error-free. You have zero margin for error. Putting in perfect input on a changeup below the zone, only to see it float, float into the middle of the strike zone and get absolutely shellacked over the wall? Like, that's not fair. That's not fair to the guys and girls who put their heart into this game and put so much time into this game and just want to get results dictated by their input, you know? So... I don't know if that's been on the devs' mind. I'm sure they've heard heard the issues, heard the complaints. Um, 
I'd love to see them make a change with it. Oh, come on, Mickey, get down. Ah, oh, caught it. So, I don't know, guys. Um, I just lost because I'm bad. So, that was a 2-1 loss to this guy. Um, pretty good game. I probably, if I was paying more attention or better at this game, I could have won. Um, prevailing theme you might hear through these episodes is me just, you know, crapping on myself, telling me I'm not that good at this game. That's why we keep the expectations pretty low. Uh, it's channeling my inner Kevin G.O.D., who is probably one of my favorite content creators right now, and I'm sure a lot of you guys agree with that. Uh, the dude is so funny. Um, it would be a dream to get him on this show. Kevin G.O.D., my friend, if you are listening, or if you are introduced to this podcast in any way, hit me up. Let's get you on here. Have a lot of fun. Uh, I'm not going to play you in a game, though, because I know you will destroy me. Um, might be fun. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe if we get enough support from the the community, we can make it happen. Um, but guys, that's it. This is the first episode. Um, we're going to try to do this weekly. I want this to be a place where people can come have some fun. Uh, maybe listen to this while they're playing, listen to this while they're streaming, introduce it to your friends. Um, I want to hear your feedback. I want to make this as fun as possible for everybody involved. Uh, and once we get some interviews lined up, like I said, I'm going to make that YouTube page. We're going to get these things up on YouTube. Uh, I'm learning how to do all this technological stuff on the fly, but I think we're going to have a great time adding to our MLB The Show community, building on our MLB The Show community, and hitting some dingers, man. Never bunt. Hit dingers. So that's the end of this first episode. Thank you so much to everybody who's listened all the way through. And I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Show, The Podcast. Be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter at The Show, The Pod for opinions, updates, and so much more. Become a patron at patreon.com slash the show, the podcast to support the show. For $5 a month, you'll get exclusive access to bonus interviews with MLB The Show content creators. For $10 a month, you'll get the bonus interviews plus the chance to play me in an online friendly each month you're a member. That's it for now. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, I'll see you at Ship It.